All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the episode two of the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. As always, my name is Rob, and with me, of course, is Jansen. Uh, Jansen, how are you doing this week, man? Oh, I'm doing all right. That's good. That's good. Uh, pretty uh, pretty big night happening tonight uh, in uh, WWE land. Obviously, we got uh, TakeOver War Games is happening, followed closely tomorrow by uh, Survivor Series. Um, it's, uh, in my opinion, I think it's really nice seeing NXT kind of being highlighted, not just in their own takeover, but in Survivor Series as well, too. Um, especially considering NXT's kind of what most people like about the WWE product right now. Mm -hmm. So, um... They're definitely the hottest brand, so... Yeah, uh... And, and and you know that 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 shows a little bit. They did beat they did beat uh, AEW in the ratings this week. Um, not sure how much ratings really matter in the long run of everything anymore, but um, that's one of the things people tend to take notice of. So that they 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 did it. They uh, I don't know was it seven weeks in a row AEW was on top, and this is the first week where NXT has come out on top. And my concern is now that Vinnie Mac will see and be like, oh, NXT came out on top this week because we had Seth Rollins and we had Raw and SmackDown superstars on NXT this week. That's the only reason why. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just, I really hope <clears throat> that that doesn't end up being the case. So, yeah. But um, for for anyone who uh, listened to our last week's episode, um, we are going to talk about uh, kind of our predictions for tonight's War Games and tomorrow's Survivor Series, as well as a couple other random topics that we're going to talk about. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you can find episode one of the Reality Check Wrestling podcast on various uh, podcasting streaming services, including Spotify, Google podcasts a uh, couple other ones that i've honestly never heard of until uh, we, we we ended up putting them on there um not an apple podcast yet concerning uh i'm just assuming that apple maybe has like a longer authentication process than all these other ones um i mean spotify went up i think 20 minutes after i uh submitted it and the other like google podcasts and i think breaker and couple other ones they they took a few days but apple podcast still nothing maybe it's like a full week i don't know but eh, hopefully it'll get up there at some point if not you can at least still listen to it on some of your other favorite podcasting sites so um the uh let's let's start off with the uh, kickoff show here and and we kind of touched base last week on uh, wanting to see a rematch between Leo Rush and Angel Gar- Garza. Um, and we're not, unfortunately, we're not going to get that. But, but, uh, they added a match this morning for the pre-show tonight. And we are going to see Angel Garza going one-on-one with Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, so what what are your thoughts on this uh, match, Jansen? Uh, I mean, two of the talents in the breakout tournament, I mean, it's... I mean, that, that tournament was really good. Unfortunately, it was marred by all of the ACH stuff. Um, but I think that there's still a good amount of talent that came out of there. Um, and I think that I think that if I'm predicting the winner, I'm saying Angel Garza picks up the win. 
He's just too yeah. hot right now. He's just so hot. Mm-hmm. In 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 more ways than what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, honestly, I, I do. I I think I do have to agree with you on there. I, I think um, I think putting these two together is a smart move. I think they'll make both. Uh, I, I think they'll make each other shine. Um, but I, I I don't feel like Swerve needs this victory. Um, uh, because, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was also known as Shane Strickland on the, uh, independent circuit, um, former Evolve champion, if I remember correctly, um, a, a very, very popular guy. And I'm not saying that Angel Garza also wasn't in that same kind of boat, but he was a little bit more familiar with some of the, some of the internet wrestling community who, who watched some of the alternative product. I feel like at coming off of that match with Leo Rush, um, couple close falls, uh, almost putting away the cruiserweight champion. I, I feel like I feel like Garza does need this victory more than Swerve. So I, I would agree that I think uh, Garza is going to take this one home. I think it's a good bounce back win for him. Yeah, uh, it, it it'll keep him hot. Um, and, and you know, uh, like I was saying, it, it, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna spotlight each other no matter what. That's that's. I I almost want to say, you know, I mean, the War Games matches are going to be great uh, in general. Uh, I almost want to say this one has the potential to steal the show, and it's it's a pre-show match, <laughs> so mm-hmm. so um, well, so that puts uh, both me and Jansen down for Angel Garza there. I suppose I should probably uh, be keeping some kind of record of this. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll post it up on the. Uh, uh, Facebook page here before we uh, finish off. Um, so let, let's talk about um, and this was kind of the match. I think me and you were both very mild on. Um, let's let's talk about uh, uh, Finn Balor and Matt Riddle uh, for a second. I mean, uh, two great talent. I mean, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle has been making some waves behind the scenes and stuff like that with the whole calling out Goldberg and all of those things. Like it, this just feels like, like, okay, well we don't really know what to do with Finn. We want to use him somehow. Uh, we don't know what to do with Matt Riddle. So like, it, it, this is probably like the, one of the first times that I've seen an NXT where they've really been like, we're going to throw a match together just to throw a match together. And it just doesn't make much sense. Um, but, I mean, I, it'll be a good match because their talent is is amazing. But it just, I don't know. It just feels like there was no lead up that was really good for this. And, 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 I, and I really do agree with that. Uh, especially considering it just, it really just kind of came out of nowhere when you think about it. Because Matt Riddle was scheduled to be on um, Team Champa for War Games. And then all of a sudden, Finn Balor's kind of introduced himself in there. And, and again, if you guys want to hear uh, a bit more deeper thoughts on, on this uh, match, uh, make sure you listen to last week's episode because we did kind of pick it apart a little bit that it would make more sense for you know Finn maybe to, to call on like Gallows and Anderson and like make a third team for war games if they really wanted to go at it. Um, but, 
yeah, it, it does really feel like kind of thrown together. I mean, yeah, they're two incredibly talented guys, but you can have an incredibly talented uh, match. Um, think about how, like, we talked about, like, the Rio versus Sakura match from Full Gear. Both very talented individuals, but, like, we talked about how the Britt Baker B. Priestley storyline made that match better it, it it elevated it well it goes it goes back to what you know jr has been saying recently he was talking about a the AEW brand and the product and just talking about how you know you can only do so many tope suicidas and you know so many flips and then you know the crowd will be like okay well what's next you know it, mm-hmm. it comes down to the psychology and the build of the match and, you know, and, and that's what intrigues and kind of brings it in. I mean, you don't have, I mean, the, the high flyingness and the athleticism and the technical wrestling is all, is all good and it's all great. And, and, you know, the, the best ones are able to mix it all together, you know, and, you know, that's why, you know, even, even the number one wrestler in the world currently, uh, Kenny Omega claimed that, the the secret to a five star match is a is psychology. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, who who are you, who are you taking on on the win on this one? I Balor. I mean, he's got he's got to get the win, and I think that this is this honestly kind of feels like it's just like, hey, Riddle, shut your mouth we're going to take you out of the main car or out of the main event and we're going to throw you down here. But at the same time, it like, it doesn't make sense that they would use Balor that way. You know, like why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just feed Riddle to somebody else? I don't know. Yeah, no. And, and, and for the most part, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I feel like, uh, I, I also believe Balor will come out, um, winning this one, if he doesn't win, um, I think it's I think it's only for for the example of that they they need to solidify him as this new heel character. So if if Finn Balor does not get the win tonight, it's going to be because he's going to lose by disqualification. He will uh, attack uh, Riddle with either like a low blow that the ref catches or he'll get the chair or kendo stick or something of that nature. Um, but beyond that, I, I think, I think we're going to be looking at, at some kind of dirty win for Balor. Um, my, my question is, is like, he's been talking in these promos about, you know, how, you know, he kind of lost his way and, you know, like, you know, they only wanted the demon and this, that, and the other thing. Like, is he is is it going to be a thing where like he starts unveiling new, new styles? I, I'm intrigued to see that. That's one of the things I am. You know, like I don't know if he's going to be painting up. You know, like he did on the independent circuit and in New Japan. And his artwork for all of that was amazing. You know, and then he comes to WWE. And it was a, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, the demon gimmick is great and it's very over, but it's also kind of like. 
it's just the demon. It's just the demon. Like, and they did they, they did a good job of spicing it up for certain takeovers, but you know, I feel like if it's, I I don't foresee us seeing you know any face paint because that's you know that's part of the faceness of his character. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I just I I kind of hope I see something that it's just like a I'm going to do what I want sort of thing. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like to see you know he he made he made that comment the prince has returned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see the paint come back, but not as not as the demon, but uh, you know when he was in New Japan and in the Independence, I mean he did he did Venom, he did Joker, he did all these other kinds of like paints, these themed paints, and <clears throat> now granted. We we are talking about like in Japan and 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 across the pond and everything like that. And so, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah copyright laws are, are aren't don't really reach in that direction there. So I mean, but they could still come up with something completely new and original for for Balor to come back as I mean, the quote unquote prince. And honestly, you know, considering considering one of the major draws on AEW right now is Darby Allen. I could foresee them using a Darby Allen style face paint to come out, and that would be a heel move too. That would be it's like kind of like a like a skull, like, like a, a yeah, like a yeah. tongue in cheek. Like, hey, isn't that Darby Allen's face paint? Yeah, and Finn Balor's stealing it. You know, mm. like, like I don't know if Darby's got that trademarked or if AEW put anything on it, but I, that'd be I would like to see that. I think that the crowd would would react and and then it would kind of be a slap in the face you know shot and shot across the bow there i think that'd be cool especially if he just randomly in the middle of the match does a coffin drop yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly like you know there in uh, you know not to get off subject here for a second but darby allen um that coffin drop move um, again, for anyone who doesn't, doesn't know it is, he goes up to the top rope with his back to his opponent, similar to like, he's going to do a backflip, like a moonsault and literally like jumps off backwards and just lands them, lands on them in like a senton position, like in, in a world of flippies, flippy doos and all that kind of stuff, double rotations and crazy corkscrews, uh, a move that is incredibly simple, like, I get a little goosebumps every time he does it. Honestly, well, because it's because it's it's dangerous. I mean, it's <laughs> a highly dangerous move. He is not seeing where he's going at all once he jumps off that thing, and he's tried to hit that coffin drop about a half a dozen times on the ring apron. So it's mm-hmm. like every time he nails that ring apron, I'm like, this dude is going to kill himself in the ring, like Owen Hart. Like this is bad. <laughs> Sadly, I think he'd like that. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I know. He's just dark. Yeah, he really is. You know, it's funny. And you talk about the every time he hits it on the ring apron and everything like that. Veronica always is like, she always laughs whenever they're like, oh, it's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah. You know, we, we know it is. I mean, but like, it, it's kind of like how Michael Cole, like when Roman Reigns' music hits, it's like, here comes the big dog, you know, yeah. and I apologize for anyone that that was probably way too loud uh, coming out <laughs> of your speaker. But, you know, it's it's a, it's it's one of those 
it's one of those like wrestling cliches almost at this point now that it's the hardest part of the ring and they got it. They got to talk about it being the hardest part of the ring. Otherwise they failed or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they, they got to put it over. They got to, they got to make it special. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the next match, uh, this one has good potential and I like again that NXT is going to be highlighted on survivor series. So when they first announced that um, NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw, we figured, okay, in the past two years, they've done the Raw champion versus the SmackDown champion. We figured we were going to get that again. And Jesus, okay, we're going to have Brock Lesnar and The Fiend freaking kill Adam Cole. Um, Because that's what that match would have ended up being. Mm -hmm. Thankfully they decided to go a completely different route with it this year, and they are going to actually have the titles defended. Um, we'll obviously get to the uh, to the title matches here during the second segment, but it, with implications as to who is going to face Adam Cole on Survivor Series for the NXT Champion, we have Pete Dunne facing Damian Priest facing Killian Dane in a three-way match. Winner gets a title shot at Survivor Series. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to take this one first, just because I- I'm going to be Go point blank it. with it. Uh, Pete Dunn's going to win that match. Uh, I-, I I feel like they're going to build Damian Priest as a big, you know, as a big heel. They're obviously doing the monster style gimmick with Killian Dane. Both are fantastic talents, but when it's all said and done. The only one of those three, in my opinion, that makes sense to receive a title match on a WWE, like, quote-unquote, main roster pay-per-view, is Pete Dunne. You put Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole in a title contest, now you've got a, a true showcase of NXT. And I think that's part of the reason why they're doing the NXT portion, is because they want to continue to get that core audience that only watched Raw and SmackDown now watching NXT. Um, so I, I, I think Pete Dunne's going to win that one. I agree. <laughs> um, and that's because I, I, I've loved the Bruiserweight since the big, first time I saw that dude. I thought he was going to win the, the United Kingdom Championship from the get-go. It was a little bit shocking to me that Tyler Bate won it, but the big strong boy is a big strong boy. And he's great as well. I think that this is a great opportunity to not only highlight NXT, but also to subtly highlight NXT UK as well. Because, I mean, really the only... I mean, Killian Dane, yeah, great, good monster kind of character. Um, Damian Priest was great in Ring of Honor. And, you know, obviously, you know, carrying that over to NXT... Um, but you know, it's still kind of fresh, you know, I, I agree. I think that you need somebody that's been in NXT and I think that Cole and Dunn will put on a fantastic match because they have before. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's too early for the other two. Mm hmm. Honestly, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Killian Dane, like, because it seems like Pete Dunne is making that official transition, very similar to like Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox. He's making that transition to main NXT, 
and getting away from the UK, the UK starting to establish themselves a little bit more so they don't need that necessary star power that they want to use elsewhere. Mm. I'd like to see Killian Dane, being that he is from um, uh, Belfast, right? Yeah. Uh, he, I'd like to see him go over there. I want to see him feud with, uh, with Dave Mastiff for a minute. Um, mm. I want to see him go after Valter. Uh, uh, I, I want to see some of those things. I think he could maybe be a little bit better used in NXT UK, but he's also married to Nikki Cross, who is on main roster, and that would result in sending him over to the pond, you know, in a, in a more permanent fashion. But yeah, so I, I, you know, and WWE all of a sudden is now all about carry, keeping the married couples together. So, and no, anyways, that, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so so far we're three for three on uh, being together. These one, the next two matches obviously are going to be the War Games matches, and I think this is maybe where our opinion will will differ a little bit. But mm. uh, so so uh, the women's War Game match. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, when we talked about this last week, briefly, we talked about it being the, this one has the potential to steal the show completely. Um, you know, we've seen in the past what some of the women given opportunities can do. And, and we're like, we're talking about like, a you know, Saucer Banks and Bailey, like with the first Iron Woman match, um, you know, things of that nature, we're, now we're giving a completely different breed of athlete, uh, in in my opinion. I'm not taking anything away from Shayna or Sasha Banks or Bailey, but like the the eight women in this match <laughs> are, are like on another level, and and it really shows like some of that women's evolution. So, uh, I mean, like, what what are you, what are your thoughts? Who who are you looking at in this match? I mean, Shayna's just too strong, and but I love Ripley so much. Um, uh, it's such a difficult call. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, honestly, I feel like, <clears throat> and again, we'll get into it um, on the Survivor Series portion. But it seems like most of the women from team Rhea are, are going to be announced as the, the women representing NXT in the survivor series match. Um, so the argument could be made that they need the win because they're representing NXT in that survivor series match. But everything that I've been seeing has said that, um, that Shayna is being groomed for like this ultimate position. And that's part of the reason why, they wanted the the women's champions to face off against each other is because they want to showcase what Shayna can do. Um, so I feel like if they want to if they want to showcase her as legitimately the baddest woman on the planet, you know, taking that away from her for her swimming compatriot, I feel like Shayna has to win war games. Um, like I, I feel like Shayna gets the submission. Like for her team, Team Shayna wins. I, I, I see that, but here's where we're gonna. I, I, I just love Rhea so much and Candice. I, 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 I could. I wish that we could trade out Mia for Dakota Kai, but I'm gonna go Team Ripley on this one. All right. 
I, I feel I, like it's going to build to something later. Okay. See, I, I, I think that they're going to build to something with Dakota Kai, and that's part of the reason why she's not being included in this match. I, I believe that's also why they're waiting so long to officially announce um, Team NXT for for the Survivor Series stuff is because they want they want to be looking at what happens as a result of war games in that match. Um, and uh, see, uh, I was trying to look it up before the sto- show started, um, before we started recording here. And according to the Survivor Series Wikipedia, which it is a Wikipedia page, and it's been it's been like put in and taken down and then put in and then taken down. I've seen it change pretty much every single time I've refreshed this. It looks like Team Ripley, the four members of Team Ripley, will be joined by Tony Storm as the uh, women's team for Survivor Series. Now, that's not confirmed because the official page on WWE.com does not have that information, so I'm not sure exactly where that's coming from. But that leads me to believe that something is going to happen with Dakota Kai and her uh, you know, former quote-unquote, friends in Team Ripley um, be, because there, there's... It, it would it would make sense that if you have those four women, it, you know, as a team, and it makes sense for them to represent NXT because they did show up uh, together with Dakota Kai on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Yeah. If, Dak- if Dakota Kai is going to be that fifth member, why why aren't we just announcing it? Why aren't we talking about it? I I think there's something more. It leads me to believe more so, like I said last week, that they're kind of looking at a possible heel turn for Kai, which should be very interesting. So, but... So, you, uh, finally, we have our first division. You're going uh, Team Ripley. And don't get me wrong, I love Rhea Ripley. I, I, I fully believe that, uh, that that's the team that I want to win. Because, you know, three of the four members of Team Ripley are currently some of my favorite women in the division right now. No offense to Candice LeRae, I just, I don't know, I, I, I look at her and so far all I've seen is Johnny Wrestling's wife. Um, I mean, I, but she's, she's Mrs. Wrestling. I know, I know. And I've seen, I've seen some of her matches from the independent circuit, especially like ones where, with her tagging with uh, Joey Ryan and whatnot. Yes. But but i have i have yet to see like any glimmer of that same like style mentality ability in, in nxt and I, I don't think that's a result of her i think that's just a result of you know poor choices with the uh creative department if they, if they want her to be you know as as big and popular as she could be they they're not utilizing her for that yeah <clears throat> Um, so, uh, final match, obviously the men's war games, uh, that should be your main event. I'm assuming that, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we already know that Garza and Scott will open on the pre-show, but I'm going to assume the mat, the card will open with the women's war games match and end with the men's war games. Um, uh, nothing leads me to believe that they're going to change and have the women's uh, match end. So, um, what are, what are your thoughts on the men's war games? I mean, who who is the last member of Team Champa? They still haven't said who the last member of Team Champa yeah. is. 
and that's that's the thing. Like I, that's that's the one question mark that I I still can't get my head around. I mean, obviously, what I said last time that I wanted Pete Dunn in there, but this I I like I like them doing it that way. You know, with him having his opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. for the title. Um, I, 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 after seeing what happened on Monday, I gotta say it's gotta either be, and I know that he's, I know he's hurt. It's either going to be Velveteen Dream if he's cleared in time, if they've been playing us this entire time, um, or Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. But, um, so you, you think one of those two. Okay. I, I would mark out for Kevin Owens being the I final mean, member. Because, you know, Hunter comes out on Raw and, and propositions him, and then Undisputed Era basically jumped him. So, I mean, as much as it be like, oh, why would I rejoin NXT? This is what's going to happen to me. Uh, Rejoin just to get uh, back at Undisputed Era. Yeah. And and honestly, that would would make sense too because I, I, you know, think about it, he's had quite a few title runs in general on the main roster, but Kevin Owens... Really, ever since the 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 whole um, festival of friendship and, and losing the ti- the title to Goldberg in you know fifteen seconds or whatever it was for the Universal Championship, he's been on that he's been on that decline, um, really, and that's that I think that's been evident by the fact that he was in that program with Shane McMahon for so long. I'm not taking anything away from Shane McMahon for someone who wasn't classically trained, you know, as a wrestler dude can perform. Um, he always has been able to. Yeah. It's just, you you do it once. Okay. You you do it twice. You do it three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. People are are sick of that storyline at that, at, at a certain point that didn't have enough gas to really, go the distance in the first place <clears throat> so it, I think it w- I think going back to NXT would be would make sense for him so but um, I, I don't know I, I feel like no matter who they bring in for this match as the fourth member I, I feel like uh, I feel like UE's taken it um, you know uh, I, I, I was a little bit wrong and I don't know if I had said it on the show last week so if I have to make a retraction, quote-unquote. Uh, you know, but uh, UE's been in all three War Games matches thus far in WWE history. The first year, they did win. Uh, last year, they did not. Um, I was under the impression that they did, but uh, I forgot exactly who was their opposing team and realized that I was wrong on that. Um, I don't know. I feel like this year is going to be like a little bit of a uh, redemption for them in War Games land. Uh, especially coming into the fact that they're going, you know, uh, Roddy's facing in the mid-card title match and 
uh, Fish and O'Reilly are facing in the tag title match, and then Adam Cole obviously is defending his title in general at the pay- at the pay per view the next night. I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's UE going to take it this time. See, it, it, to me, it just depends on depends on. Um, Who that fourth member is? Yeah, because if, if Kevin Owens shows up and becomes the fourth member of this team, of this team, then I foresee Champa's team winning. In fact, I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna say the Champa's team wins. Okay. It'll be a weird booking decision because the four men that are are going to be highlighted on. In like multiple matches, you know, yeah. Because <clears throat> anytime that there's that like to be determined, you know, it always like leaves an air of mystery. So I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that. Saying that the undisputed era were not able to prepare for the fourth member and give them an out, and but. I think that they, I think that Team Champa wins. Okay. I think either way, at the end of the day, we all win in that match, anyways. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same, same, same with the women one. Same with the women one. So, um, obviously, move on to uh, Survivor Series here for a second. Um, but now that we're talking main roster, and I, and I think we're, we're going to go ahead and talk about the mid-card title match first, because you obviously know one of the things I want to talk about. Um, so we got the, the mid, mid-card title match, Intercontinental versus uh, United States versus North American. Are you okay over there? Yeah. Oh, your microphone's making a lot of noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, but it's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and his fancy new Intercontinental Title Belt. Uh, so uh, I saw I saw your love react on the on the the page uh, when when I shared the video there. Uh, so I'm assuming I can guess that you you are very much liking this new belt. I love it. It is classic. It I, it, it it's fancy. Um, I, I like that they they're moving away from the the original belt. It was that the white belt that they had for so long here that Cody reintroduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, and then interestingly enough, they decided to go away from it. Um, uh, it it fit that time frame with when he was holding it, you know. Um, but I like this new belt. I like the the the, the uh, style of it. Um, it's simple, but it's also it's fancy. I would agree. Uh, I I very much like it. Um, I kind I kind of like the way they introduced it as well too. You know, obviously Sami Zayn is being like the mouthpiece for Shinsuke, and he's like, "I got you a present, man." You know, <laughs> you know, it, it gives me a little. It gives me a little bit of the the uh, festival of friendship vibes. Like if I didn't know what was going to actually happen, like in that exact moment, um, because I unfortunately did not get to watch SmackDown live. I I just had to watch like clips and such. But 
you know, I, I like it, it would have triggered and be like, oh, what's about to happen? You know, <laughs> what's about to happen here? Is this another list of KO type thing? And he's going to turn on him. And this is going to set up a feud after the fact. And Sammy's going to, you know, screw Shinsuke at, uh, at Survivor Series or whatever. But obviously, you know, such is not the case. But, um, you know, so... Uh, they got that. They got that pretty new belt, and, and I agree. Uh, I, I think. It, I think it is uh, beautiful. They already have it up on www.shop.com for anyone who wants to go grab it. Um, I kind of want to, but uh, I don't have money. And mm-hmm. even if I, even if I had money, I don't have probably the four hundred dollars that they want for it. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'll just. I will have to wait and bide my time, you know. I mean there are other there are other title belt uh uh redesigns that are rumored to be coming anyways. Um the SmackDown tag titles are rumored to be changing. Uh, you know, and that that could that could possibly lead to, you know, them changing as a result of like winning, you know, the triple threat or whatever. There's also talk about the United States title changing finally. Um, you know, that, that, that one legitimately, despite the fact that the intercontinental belt is the retro design that was used in like the late eighties, early nineties, um, the United States belt is actually the, the oldest design on the roster currently, um, that belt with uh, short of minor modifications, like the logo changing has not actually changed design officially uh since its inception there was the moment where john cena had his uh personalized spinner title but when john cena lost the united states championship the first time uh they immediately went back to the original design uh i think that was orlando jordan when he was part of the cabinet throwing it in the garbage um so they uh they did that uh, for for a brief minute there, a lot of people thought they were going to bring back the spinner title as well too. When when Cena won the United States title randomly a couple years ago, um, but they chose not to. So there's also talk of, and I know that it sounds weird, but I literally just read an article the other yesterday about it um, that the Fiend might be getting his own custom belt, even though they just unveiled this new. SmackDown belt, the blueberry fruit roll up, um, which is dumb, but <laughs> the fiend might end up showing up with something that's a bit more fiend like, mm-hmm. which I want it to look like you know, like the Necronomicon from Evil Dead, yeah, but in a, like in a wrestling belt form. And, and I think I think that would be cool. Uh, I just. I'm not hopeful for it at this point, unfortunately, simply because of the fact that they just introduced the the blueberry. And I uh, actually am hopeful for it because if you've been watching the WWE shop, WWE shop has been on an absolute tear of making these custom belts belts that are only for certain specific wrestlers from the past. Like there's a Bret Hart one. There's two Hogan ones. There's a Shawn Michaels one. Undertaker oh, I didn't has see his the Hogan own. one. Yeah, Hogan's got a winged eagle that is red and red and yellow, and then he also has the WCW World Heavyweight Championship that looks like his old NWO heavy like like weightlifting belt. 
mm-hmm. on the back. Um, so yeah, he has two. Bret Hart has one. Shawn Michaels has one, and the Undertaker has his Phenom title that looks completely amazing, but it's definitely way too high priced at seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that's that's a title that is legitimately they only made like a thousand of them, right? Yeah, that I mean, yeah. And, which is why it's so high priced. But at the same time, like I'm like okay, and and this is coming from two guys who. Absolutely love the replica title game. I currently own <laughs> six, uh, and have owned others in the past. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I told you this, Rob, but I I recently picked up the North American and the Goldie. I have those now. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I was I was about ready to ask you. You tell everyone which six you have, because um, six was six was a new number to me, because I remember the last time that I had talked to you about belts, I thought your number was around four. Yeah. So um, I, so you got the North American and the NXT. Yes. Um, I know you have the UK. Yes, I have the UK. Okay. I have the, the old WCW that came over to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, the big gold. Okay. I have John Cena's spinner title. And I have the million dollar championship. Oh yeah, very nice. Uh, underrated. Uh, I mean, I know that one was more of a prop versus like an actual championship, but I, I think a very underrated thing at the time. It was like, it was like the greatest thing ever. And this is coming from someone who didn't wasn't even like watching wrestling at that time. Like going back and seeing like old things and having it explained to me well ted dibiase tried to like essentially buy his way to the wwe championship and was completely unsuccessful in it so he just went and bought a legitimate championship for himself Mm -hmm. i mean that's the ultimate like freaking million dollar man heel thing like legitimately that was insane so, um, I, I, I think a very underrated title and I, I was excited when Ted DiBiase Jr. was in WWE and he was going to bring that back. And of course that all ended up, you know, going away and because Ted DiBiase ended up, you know, going and doing, going on to doing other things outside of the wrestling, which is perfectly fine. And I'm happy for he's happy i just thought he was i thought he was super talented i would have loved to see more and really i think the i think at this point now like the best part of ted dibiase jr's wrestling legacy is cody rhodes telling the story about you know uh walking in gorilla at star at starcast and like where's that referee you know mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 it's sad from someone who was who was insanely talented, but again, if if he's happy, that's that's all that matters, I think. Anyway, we're way off topic. We're talking about belts. Uh, for those who are curious, i i have um, I have the the white strapped intercontinental title belt that was just changed out. Um, mine was a little bit low, uh, older, so it had the scratch WWE logo versus like slick logo. Um, I also have the WWE champion world heavyweight championship. Um, the, for those of you who haven't seen it in a while, cause I know it hasn't been on TV. It's the one currently held by Brock Lesnar. You'll yeah. see it on, you'll see it on Sunday night. It'll and be then amazing. You won't see it for another six months. 
eh, depends on how that match goes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, ha- I have those two. And then um, the last belt that I uh, received was a gift from my wife. Um, well, the first belt I, was the Intercontinental. It was a gift from my wife. Uh, the World Heavyweight Championship was a gift from my best friend. And um, then she bought me last year the Cruiserweight Championship. Because um, even though it's now known as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, I really fell in love with the design. Um, I thought it was very unique, especially coming out of WWE. Uh, The purple strap, uh, the shape of it. Uh, I I really liked that title, and I was very excited to receive it. So, But um, we're way off topic because we're talking about belts now <laughs> so uh shinsuke versus aj styles versus roderick strong um you know who who takes the the w for their respective brand in that match um see this one's tough because usually i'll go like when i'm looking at these sorts of things i look at you know who has the most friends uh, I, I don't think that Shinsuke's got he, all he has is uh is Sammy on the outside. AJ's got two more. Roddy's got his three, but Roddy's is going to be busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and they are going to be having a busy weekend in general. So I feel like I feel like this has got to go to AJ. I mean, AJ's just he's AJ Styles. Uh, he's the phenomenal one. Um, as much as I love Shinsuke, I love that he's coming kind of back into relevancy and the, his new championship and all of this stuff. I just don't think that Roderick Strong, having had you know a brutal match at War Games, they're going to be... It's going to be a brutal match. It, any War Games is a brutal match. So there's you can't tell me that he's going to come out of that unscathed. He's going to be selling that in the match which all of the Undisputed Era is going to be selling their injuries. So I, I'm going to find it very difficult to favor any of the uh, Undisputed Era in their matches. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I got to go AJ. I think he's got too much going on. And, you know, I think that, you know, depends on who comes out too. You know, yeah, it, very if, true. If, if Sammy comes out with Shinsuke, then he's, the, he's that extra man. If AJ comes out with the with the club and they're allowed to stay at ringside, then he's got the advantage. So, but I'm going to go AJ. Okay, awesome. Um, I I I could definitely see that being the way. Um, and I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Roddy, um, needs the win more so than I anyone agree. else in the match. But I I do believe coming out of War Games is going to be a problem and. He's not going to look weak if he loses because they're going to continue to make sure that everyone knows that he just came out of a brutal match at War Games and mm-hmm. him losing would not be the end of the world. I I feel like actually in the exact opposite, I think Shinsuke is, is that will take it because this will give an opportunity for his mouthpiece, Sami Zayn, to talk about how, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura represented SmackDown as the Intercontinental Champion and, you know, quote-unquote, dominated the other two brands' respective champions, you know, proving that he is, you know, the greatest of the the three. He is, you know, the symbol for brand supremacy and things of that nature. 
So I, I feel like Shinsuke will take it. Um, probably pinning Roddy. Um, but it'll be like one of those things where like AJ hits this like Styles Clash on Roddy and then Shinsuke hits the Kinshasa on AJ. Or maybe you even will see the return of the Kinshasa. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be... I believe either way, the the finish is going to be one of them hitting their finish on one. The other comes and hits their finish on that one, and then the first one that was had their finish hit on them was will be the one that's pinned. And, and I think it'll go. AJ hits the Styles Clash on Roddy, uh, gets Kinshasa, Shinsuke picks up the victory. Um, you know, continuing to talk about uh, undisputed era and brand supremacy there. So the tag team match. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly versus uh, Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders, the Raw Tag Team Champions, uh, versus Big E and Kofi Kingston, the New Day. Um, who are you liking in this match? See, that one's difficult for me as well. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like looking at the card, like I'm looking at it right now, like it is hard for me to say that. Like, I feel like I probably should go back and change my first pick to Shinsuke because I just don't foresee SmackDown actually winning anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Viking Raiders are so tough. And again, Undisputed Era is going to have the War Games, you know, explanation as to why they aren't able to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. Roddy's going to look great, and he's going to he's going to you know put put on a match. I mean, that, that match right there is going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, uh, but I think that I will go with the New Day as much as I want the Viking Raiders. And I think that the Viking Raiders, but I'll go New Day. Okay. All right. Um, honestly, uh, my, my decision was between uh, New Day and Viking Raiders. Um, because I don't, for very similar reasons that we already discussed, uh, Undisputed Era is about to go to war. Uh, them going into this match is going to be very difficult uh, to come out, especially when you are looking at a team as large and dominant as the Viking Raiders, who, uh, if I remember correctly, they're, they're the ones who ended Undisputed Era's second reign as tag team champions anyways. Um and then you got the New Day, who, uh, you know, Biggie, former uh, NXT Intercontinental Champion, Kofi, uh, former multi-time Intercontinental United States Champion, and just came off a fresh run as World Champion. And, and the fact that together, they are, you know, seven-time tag champions is now, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, like it's not going to be a good night for undisputed in, in, in their brand supremacy matches. I, I don't think at all. Um, I feel like, I feel like picking new day to win is too obvious of a choice. Um, you know, maybe if Xavier was at ringside, uh, could maybe provide a little distraction, even though usually new day's MO. Uh, I feel like that could play into their uh, favor. I, I just, I don't know. I I think they need to continue. If they want the tag team division to be strong, they need to continue 
building the team that needs to be built. And right now, to me, that's the Viking Raiders. Um, New Day's too established. Uh, Undisputed Era in, in NXT land is, you know, too established. The, the Viking Raiders, despite the fact they come out and put on dominant performances, most of their dominant performances are not against real teams. Um, they're against, you know... The, the best team I think I've seen them face in a while is the Forgotten Sons. They wrestled them on, on Wednesday. Um, and not that I think the Forgotten Sons are necessarily like one of the best teams in NXT right now, but it seems to me like all I see the, the Viking Raiders do are kind of like squashes on um, local enhancement talent. Uh, and yes, I, I realize that they, you know, uh, they they won the tag team titles, so obviously they had to be, you know, qualified team, quote unquote. It's it just, I think, putting the Viking Raiders in this winning position, giving them the win uh, against a team such as the New Day and Undisputed Era, I think propels their stock way forward and makes them look like a much more powerful team. So uh, for that reason, I'm choosing Viking Raiders to win. I'm picking you today because Fox exec because because they need they need to have uh, better ratings on on SmackDown. So <laughs> Fox execs are going to be like they're going to be pissed if Raw wins everything. Like I think that they will. I don't think it'll be dominant. I mean, we've got five brand supremacy matches, um, three of which all revolve around uh, the the respective champions. And honestly, like as we'll as we'll find in my next when we talk about the next match, I, I think each one of them is taking one home and it will kind of come down to the survivor series matches to determine the overall brand supremacy. And, um, I don't think you're going to be incredibly surprised by my picks on there, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into that final, uh, brand supremacy champion match. Uh, we got SmackDown women's champion, Bailey versus NXT women's champion, Shayna Baszler versus raw women's champion, the man Becky Lynch. And honestly, as much as I want, uh, my girl Becky to win, I, I really feel like, I really feel like she's going to put over Shayna because they want Shayna to kind of fill that baddest woman on the planet spot that they were, using with Ronda Rousey um, before she decided to take some time off. Um, not that I, I mean, me and Jansen have had this conversation, I think. <laughs> where I, I'm, I'm not that big of a Ronda Rousey in, in, in terms of WWE, but uh, you know, I, I think Shayna Baszler is going to win that match. I, th- I think she is going to just be dominant, uh, especially with the amount that like the three of them have been attacking each other. Uh, I just feel like I feel like she's the one who actually has that killer mentality, you know. Despite the fact that Becky Lynch is the man, Bailey has her new heel persona, which I, I'm I'm actually really digging. Uh, but I don't know, Shayna. That, that that's my choice. I say the man beats up Dirty Bailey and regular heel Bailey. And <laughs> trash can the Bailey get it right. Yes. Uh yeah. I think that Becky Lynch comes up victorious over the uh over the team of Bailey and Bailey. All right. 
and and honestly, I could see that. And and I think even with this new hero persona, like especially with Bailey, like showing up and just you know getting those shots in, and you know they're trying to make her look hard. But I feel like, despite the fact that she's claiming otherwise, I do feel like Bailey is kind of the 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 weak person in this match. Yeah. Not that she's not gonna, not that she's not talented, not that she's not great. Uh, and she's gonna have like a weak showing. I just feel like I, I would say if you want to swerve everyone, Bailey's the one who should win. But I don't think they're gonna swerve every anyone in that, that match. Baszler has had the upper hand like this entire time. Like I just don't foresee her having it all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I think that the payoff is this match. They're not going to have another match like this. Um, so it's, you know, the payoff is this match and it's gotta be Becky picking up the win there. Uh, just because Baszler has just had the advantage at seemingly every turn. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to, I have them in kind of a weird order. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the last two, uh, brand supremacy matches, the raw and, uh, or the, uh, men and women survivor series. Um, just cause I, 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 figured those are probably going to be a little bit more talked about, especially considering NXT has not officially announced their teams yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think they'll announce them tomorrow. Um, I'm going to get ahead of my own conversation. <laughs> so um, let's talk about uh, the champ, the actual ch- championship matches for a second. Um, and I need to alter what I just wrote down because for whatever stupid reason, I put something in way wrong from what I want say um so let's talk about adam cole adam cole is going to um obviously defend against the winner from that triple threat match at takeover um which we both believe will be pete dunn um so does adam cole retain or does the winner of takeover knock down the leader of the undisputed era because he just went through hell at war games and that's their that's their reasoning for him losing. Uh, see this, and and this probably is the best pay per view that WWE has done in a long time because there's really so much going on between NXT War Games and Survivor Series that you that like it's so difficult to pick. Just you know, I I think that. In the past, booking has been quite predictable. This card is definitely not not so much. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, and we have to remember too. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the the, undis- the entirety of undisputed era is going to be battered and bruised from more games, but I mean, so is that. I mean, that's going to be a hard hitting match. Whoever's going to win that to get to Cole at Survivor Series. So, I mean, like, it's going to be fairly evenly, you know. Mm-hmm. Like contested there, um, as as much as I want Pete Dunn to come to Survivor Series and win and take the title and move on, uh, I foresee Cole retaining against whoever uh, he ends up facing. Okay, uh, I'm 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 in agreement there. Um, I do believe that the person winning that three way is going to go through a war, um, and I just you know again. Dunn would have the best shot, you know, I, like he could win that match and we could be very wrong and we could stare at, we could be staring at the most dominant champion in recent history, walking out of Survivor Series with a new piece of gold. Um, 
but I just being being right now that the whole the whole big thing in 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 NXT has been undisputed era, you know, undisputed gold, um, and, and that those other titles are not on the line at all. This, which is why I'm saying, like, I feel like that uh, that gives the undisputed era the opportunity to lose in those brand supremacy matches, but then gives Adam Cole the opportunity to kind of redeem the entire team by mm-hmm. handing his title. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, and, and I, and I concur Adam Cole will probably retain his title much to the chagrin of my friend, Matthew, apparently found out last night. Absolutely hates Adam. Um, what he hates it. He hates him because he ain't him. That's all it is. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, like boom. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you beat me to the punch on that. <laughs> oh man. Um. So uh, the the next match I feel like is a little bit more clear cut, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction. At the uh, at once once we talk about the winner of this match, I'm going to make a bold prediction that I'm going to be very curious to see if it, if it comes true. I just feel like it will. But uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, defending the Blueberry Fruit Roll Up against Daniel Bryan. Who do you got winning? Daniel Bryan. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely <laughs> freaking not. Uh, the Fiend is for sure. I mean, he's he. It's basically what they've been building SmackDown around. I mean, all of the talk is about The Fiend. I mean, they need to continue to have this. He should have an extremely long run with this championship belt. I also want to see him come out with, I, I, want, to see, I want to see Firefly Funhouse Bray have the blueberry. And mm-hmm. I want The Fiend to come out with whatever he wants. Okay, okay. I see, I see where you're throwing that. Thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, okay. I mean... It it would make sense that you know Bray you know because they they are two diametrically opposed characters they are completely different people you know obviously like you know like it's just like you see that it's and and, and God love him Bray Wyatt is phenomenal at playing both of his characters you know and I I just I think that that would be this is a stage for that I think that mm-hmm. the WWE. It, it would be one of those moments, like just like when he made his his entrance and he came out with that super creepy lantern, and everybody was like, "What? Mm-hmm. Who is this which, guy?" Which they're uh, selling at uh, at merchandise tables now, uh, yeah. for a hundred bucks. I feel like I feel like they can this. This is another one of those moments where the fiend's like, well, "It's just going to come out with his own thing," you know. Um. I think that it could it could be very good, but I fiend is for sure winning. Okay, uh, I I do wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Daniel Bryan is great. Um, you know the playing playing his champion angle uh, was was awesome earlier this year, and uh, you know I I will not take anything away from Daniel Bryan and his abilities, but the fiend is the hottest thing in WWE right now. Um, I do agree that he should have a long run with it, and uh, the definition of long run is is very subjective. Uh, but I, um, I, I, okay. Long story short, Bray Wyatt's winning. 
I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Here is my bold prediction. Okay. Okay. Bray Wyatt is going to keep that title until WrestleMania, bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And, and at WrestleMania, we are going to see the Fiend versus the Big Dog. As much as we may or may not want to see it, uh, they've done a very good job of keeping Roman Reigns relevant, but keeping him out of the title picture, which I think is what a lot of people want right now from him. But he is on SmackDown. We already talked about how much the, the Fox executives, you want to have that say in things. And the, the, the big dog is still day to day. The one of the biggest merchandise drivers. He's one of the biggest, uh, you know, ambassador esque characters in the WWE. I don't want to see him win the Royal rumble. I feel like that, that takes away from everything again, but I'm telling you right now, Survivors, or, you know, day before Survivor Series, that WrestleMania main event, one of them, is going to be Bray Wyatt defending against Roman Reigns. And I have not seen any news articles, leaks, suggestions, storylines, anything like that on the internet to support that hypothesis. I just, I firmly believe that there's only so long that Roman Reigns will be kept out of the picture and it's going to take it's going to take a person to be able to put away the fiend quote unquote and the big dog will step up the storyline will be you know just cuz my brother Seth couldn't do it doesn't mean I can't do it I'm going to take you out that whole mm-hmm. thing and I I'm still going to hope that he doesn't take him out but I think the two of them could put on a potentially good match I think it'll be a good storyline leading up to it um, and, uh, despite the fact that again, Roman Reigns, you know, for the 18 millionth time in a row, uh, will be involved in a, in the main event of WrestleMania. Um, although he wasn't in this last year's, I just thought of that anyways, but, <laughs> but yeah, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, universal championship, WrestleMania, Tampa, Florida, you know, pirate land booking mm-hmm. now. Um, so, uh, final title match, we're talking Lesnar versus Mysterio. Um, honestly, uh, now this one is based on a lot of conjecture from, you know, things that I read across the internet randomly. Uh, I, I think Ray's going to walk away with it. You think Ray is? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I actually agree with you, (laughs) um, (laughs) because of the notice qualification. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of moving parts here that we haven't seen Cain Velasquez since Crown Jewel. His loss at Crown Jewel. Um, we also haven't seen Dominic since he got injured. So mm-hmm. I feel like you have two other people there, um, and we also have to remember uh, what is Brock Lesnar's kryptonite. Um, Latino people are <laughs> people of Latin descent are Brock Lesnar's kryptonite. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Cain Velasquez beat him in UFC. Eddie Guerrero beat him before that. Who else beat Brock Lesnar? Oh, uh, I don't know. Seth Rollins, whose real name is Colby Lopez. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Latino people have Brock Lesnar's number. And I feel like the more that you have, I mean, let's, I mean, at this point, let's just bring the Mexicals in. 
and then just have a good old party, a lucha house party at that. And yeah, I think that. <laughs> Not gonna lie, he, even if we didn't bring the Mexicals themselves back in, because they can go ahead and stay retired. No, you know. Uh, <laughs> but if the Lucha House Party started coming out on freaking John Deere's. Uh, I would mark out. I'm not gonna lie. That, that uh, is not the gonna most lie. Racist storyline <laughs> I have ever seen. I was just excited that they were doing something with psychosis. Okay, know, psychosis was one of my favorites in WCW, and just well, the fact that they, they had hired him, him and they were doing something with him. They ruined him as soon as they took his mask from him. They ruined psychosis. Well, I mean. That happened to a lot of people. I mean, look at Rey Mysterio himself like, in, in, WCW. in WCW. They took his mask from him, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's such a, like this baby face. He's so cutie, you know, type of thing." But then he uh, did what? The Filthy Animals, and like, I mean, he had he had some success afterwards. But when he came back to WWE, guess what? He had the mask. The mask had returned. So. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, on top of just the fact that we're looking at a no DQ match and then yes, someone probably will help interfere and get him the, the W and pick up that championship again, probably arguably it will be one final time. Um, th- th- that's the thing. I mean, Ray Mysterio is starting to get up there. I mean, Dominic, Dominic is the age now where he's training his, uh, you know, first, like his real like he's getting into the business so i i imagine that ray mysterio's days are probably a bit numbered um that was probably one of the reasons why he came back to wwe in the first place um but i i feel like this will probably be his last opportunity with that title um to to be seen again as as the champion to honor his heritage um and you know cement cement his legacy. Uh, that'll put him as uh, four time world champion, I think. Um, and e- even though it'll be it'll be because he won in a no DQ match, but he still you know beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Uh, that that's still a thing. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we're down to the final two matches. These ones are going to be hard because, the, as I already mentioned in the call, uh, in the um, program earlier, uh, the teams for NXT have not been a chosen. Um, I'm going to do the women's one first. Um, so on on the women's Raw team, we are looking at Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Oscar, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan. Um, in my opinion, that is a very impressive team short of Sarah Logan, and that's not taking anything away from her as a person or performer. Um, but in terms of WWE, like heritage, I mean, you have four women who, well, at least three women, Charlotte, Natalia, and multi-time women's champions. Kyrie Sane has been NXT. Uh, women's champion and uh, current WWE women's tag team champion. Um, those are four very, very powerful women in terms of, uh, you know, kayfabe. Sarah Logan um, is, is a weird addition, I think, but, you know, in terms of who's available, 
maybe not their worst choice either. Um, then you look at Team SmackDown, and you got Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. Uh, in my opinion, the weak team in this. And, you know, Sasha hasn't been as good uh, as she once was in years. Um, Carmella. Carmella's not awful. Um, you know, no, she was given. <laughs> She I'm was given, and, that, and that's fair, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it, she, she... Given the, she the only thing that she only relevancy <laughs> that she has. I mean, wrestling ability, not very good. The only relevancy she's had recently is running around with our truth for the twenty four seven title. I mean, which I mean, she agreed to do that angle, and that was one of the most entertaining angles for a very long time this summer. So that's probably why she's being as part of Team SmackDown because she agreed to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's not that's not a strong that's not a strong addition. Dana Brooke, um, like Dana Brooke has the pedigree to that she should be better, but she's not. Um, Lacey Evans, we've you know we've had multiple conversations about you know. Vince has a type, and Lacey fits that type. Tall, blonde, you know, very large in the chest area. Um, and, and then Nikki Cross. Now, Nikki Cross is one redeeming member of that team, in my opinion, um, just especially because she's, you know, a loose cannon. But I think that's going to be what she's good for in that match, is she's going to go in there, she's going to rip a few heads off, clean some house, and then probably, she'll probably be the last surviving team SmackDown. Um, probably even come out with a few eliminations as a result of cleaning house, but uh, overall team SmackDown kind of weak in my opinion. Uh, and then we got team NXT, uh, which, which again has not been officially announced, but the rumor, the rumor going around is that it will be team Ripley from the war games match, which is Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae being joined by former NXT UK women's champion, the winner of the May young classic, Tony Storm. So it's 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 hard to gauge without knowing the exact team, as we've already talked about when we talked uh, about Team Champa. But who do you who who in your educated guess takes this one home? It's going to come down to Raw and NXT. Obviously, I mean I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sasha Banks has missed the step since being gone for so long. Dana Brooks trying to find her footing back, but. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, mm. she's just never really been over. They've been trying to push Lacey Evans for months now, and it's just not working. Um, Nikki Cross is the shining star on that team. But, I mean, you have somebody who had a streak that a winning streak that was longer than Goldberg's on the Raw side. You have the daughter of the one of the greatest world champions ever in, uh, you know, in, in Charlotte. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you have there's a lot of strength on Raw. Um, it just really depends on what the team shows up for NXT. I mean, Rhea Ripley is obviously, you know, she's one of my favorites. Um, but you know, I think there's some definite people that could show up for that side that would be good for NXT. I mean, 
I'd like to see Tony Storm. I'd like to even see, I mean, you could have like, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on their names right now. I mean, <laughs> just a mixture of the the teams that were that were in there. I mean, Io Shirai would be a great addition in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I think it just depends on what the team NXT is. So it it doesn't make it difficult, but I think Team NXT is going to end up pulling this out. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very difficult to to gauge who to win when we don't know the teams. But I also uh, think that the NXT women will pull it out um, for the simple fact of uh, the next match as well, too. If you remember, my picks for the brand champion matches, uh, we basically would end at 1-1-1. So it would come down, if if things fell the way that I I predict, it's going to come down to the brand supremacy matches. Well, considering the fact that you have no other matches, I think this needs to be a clean sweep for brand supremacy. And, um, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I think NXT is taking the thing home to make NXT look like this super strong brand that it is not the development roster. It is, it is part of the main roster now, and they're trying to get people to watch NXT that may not necessarily be familiar with it. So um, again, I'm ahead of myself, but I think NXT is clean sweeping both matches. And and here's why as well too. Um, there was a rumor going around for the men's team. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cover the men's teams real quick. Team Raw's Seth Rollins, uh, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet which that could also throw a wrench in your idea for Kevin Owens being the fourth member of Team Ciampa. But, you know. But uh, you, could send, be, you could be sending him in as a spy, you know, and then at the end of War Games, Kevin Owens turns on whoever he's left in the War Games match with. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and Team SmackDown is Roman Reigns, Mustafa, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G. Both of those teams are stacked. Um, the I'm shorty G. Okay, Chad Gable. Uh, I'm sorry, but you know, even though they've changed his name, um, I know, I know they but, have, but it's awful. Yeah, but both of those teams are stacked. So Team NXT needs to be insane, and we can we can make obvious guesses as to who Team NXT will be represented by. But here's the big thing: Triple H did an interview because there have been multiple rumors circulating around that creative wants triple H to wrestle as a member of team NXT triple H said on a conference call. Uh, yeah, there there's been a little bit of a push for it, but I have absolutely zero interest in wrestling for team NXT on that survivor series. And he could be swerving as well too. But he said, we're going to be announcing the team for Team NXT, and we will purposely be keeping one member a secret until the very last minute. And This member is going to be epic. And it's going to be a surprise that no one sees coming. CM Punk. <laughs> See, I, 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 I could get down with that idea, but it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because CM Punk was never in NXT. So, yeah. Um, I mean... Punk. You shush over there. Um, but, you know, and it could be a swerve because, again, 
CM Punk has gone stating that I, I, I'm contracted by Fox. I'm not contracted by WWE. I'm not working for WWE. He's made it very clear about WWE. And he could be res- talking about them, obviously, as a whole brand. But it could be that, well, yeah, I said I was never working for WWE. I said nothing about NXT. You know. Yeah. But, and, 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 I, and I, I don't think it will be epic per se, but there's been, there's been one member that left the WWE universe years ago has been doing his own thing across the globe, many different promotions uh, that has rumored to have recently re-signed a contract with WWE that they could be bringing back in the NXT brand. And that is John Morrison. I think John Morrison will be that fifth and hidden member of Team NXT. And I think that will create a big pop. Again, I don't think it'll be epic, but I think that'll be a big pop. And they're not going to let him come back in his first match and lose brand supremacy. So that's why I think Team NXT is going to win. Yeah. I mean, Team Raw is stacked. I mean, SmackDown is okay. I mean, I think... Raw is definitely the stronger of the two teams that we know. Um, I think I think the reason why I was figuring the NXT team the in the War Games match, the non-undisputed era team of Ciampa, Lee Riddle, and Mystery Partner. Um uh or not, not Riddle. Uh, D- D- Dijakovic. Yeah. Um, is because I feel like those guys are going to be ones that are going to be highlighted in this match too. Um, Undisputed Era is already is already there. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like this team could potentially comprise of Champa, uh, Lee, maybe Matt Riddle. Maybe Finn Balor. Um, like I and and then you know, I don't know. And, and I mean that fifth one could be that surprise of Morrison. I know that they've been that he there was talks that he signed and what they were going to do with him, but that one just I don't know. It it would be intriguing. I I mm-hmm. it, I, I agree. I think NXT is gonna gonna win the those ones. I think um, you know it just depends on on the teams again. It's difficult when you don't know who's and and it might also be one of those things where it's like WWE is like, well, we're gonna have these guys wrestling on Saturday night, and we need to see who's gonna be alive to make it to Survivor Series. <laughs> so yeah. we're not gonna save the teams until they're there, you know. Um, but yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, the the biggest thing is like that you know to to me there there's not a whole lot they can do in my opinion that would be that epic uh surprise for for everyone as that fifth member uh short of Jordan short House. of <laughs> No, no, no. No, that that was his slave name. He he <laughs> he comes out as a yeah, super ACH, <laughs> super ACH. Yes, uh, you know there, there's, there's your swerve. You know that that'll put the butts in the seats. That'd um, be epic. That would be epic. I, I think that would be a huge swerve for sure. 
Um, I, I don't foresee it happening, but it would be a huge swerve. It, like to me, it you know thinking about thinking about the people that that they have under contract or rumored to be under contract. I was trying to rack my brain as to who could be this this fifth epic member. Um, and unless they pull something stupid, where at that point KO takes off his team raw shirt and has an NXT shirt on underneath, you know uh, that. And to me, that's not an epic swerve. It's not an epic thing. It's just you know, like oh hey hey hey. Um, so I I think it does have to be someone big. And I mean, I could for, I could I could get down with CM Punk randomly. You know, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know. And the fifth member of Team NXT is, and all of a sudden you hear, you know, CM Punk's music hits, and like the crowd goes absolutely freaking insane. He walks out on stage, shakes Triple H's hand, you know, it's clobbering time. Uh, you wouldn't get a bigger mark out in that place. Uh, I mean, Gresser would literally die in a fangirl puddle. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I still don't just necessarily see it happening. Um, it's all too too fast for that. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I so, think Morrison is probably a better bet if you're going to be bringing in somebody outside like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think I think honestly, the biggest surprise would probably be Bo Dallas. You know, one of the greatest <laughs> champions of all time. Uh, I can't even listen to that without just dying laughing. Oh, uh, uh, you know, and like, no, pack. That's it. When, it's pack. It's pack. Pack's coming back. Hey, in WWE land, he's Neville. I know. Um, I mean they they did have uh they did have Matt Seidel uh wrestle in Evolve, and when he wrestled in Evolve um that uh that event a couple weeks ago or last month or whatever he did wrestle again under his wwe name of evan Bourne. um i I really don't foresee that being an epic thing um the 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 you know i mean that he would get a good pop but i don't foresee it being epic the the only other one that i could foresee as like a big surprise honestly would be austin theory uh but Again, it wouldn't be a big pop. It would be, oh, you know, Austin Theory. Cool. His first match in on NXT televised is going to be on the pay-per-view. That's pretty sick for him. Anyone who knows of him from a... Would, would pop, obviously, but... I mean... It's going to be Zach Gowan. <laughs> Hornswoggle. <laughs> now you're just going off the deep end, sir. Yes, now man. you're just going off the deep end. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do need to kind of close up here because uh, as we're reporting this, I do need to uh, head to work here very shortly. Um, but uh, so there are predictions for uh, Takeover and for Survivor Series, and I'll post those up on the Facebook page for everyone to see. Um, but uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about real quick, and we kind of alluded to this uh, early in the show, Ring of Honor uh reportedly has fired women of honor champion kelly klein um she is currently injured uh she is suffering from post-concussion syndrome and there's been two different stories one her husband bj whitmer took to social media to state that they 
have terminated her. Um, and I can't remember the website I was originally from, but they had reached out and Ring of Honor rep had responded back. We have not terminated uh, Kelly Klein, um, but we did inform her that we would not be renewing her contract. She remains under contract until the well, and apparently this was via email that she was her termination to her husband, which was just awful anyways. But if she's under contract to the end of the year, which is one whole month away, and she's suffering from post-concussion syndrome, I mean, effectively, they've terminated her. Like, they can call it however they want, but if her contract ends on December 31st, they've terminated her. If she's not going to return to work again you call it what you want she's been terminated and, and this all stems from the uh joey mercury who used to be in wwe but also used to work as a producer or agent for ring of apparently he was fired very unceremoniously by ring of honor ceo and so he's been sharing like intricate details of the inner workings of ring of honor and with kelly klein's permission he posted on a public social media an email from Ring of Honor to Kelly Klein discussing her salary, which apparently is on the same level of every single uh, woman in Ring of Honor, and that they're paid around $20,000. Um, it's, it's like a $400 per appearance um, or a flat $20,000 for a year. Um, and the reason why she gave him the okay to publish this email, cause it was in response to her asking for a raise that apparently was, uh, about $4,000. So even if she had got this raise, we're talking about this woman putting her body on the line for entertainment purposes, making $24,000 a year. That's insane. Like, wow. Is that even minimum? Like, like if you're if you're working the hours that these wrestlers are going to be working, like, is that really minimum wage? Even, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just insane to me to see that, especially in this world of wrestling right now, where we're seeing this women's evolution. You know, WWE is sho showcasing the women more. AEW is showcasing their women's division. Uh, Impact is doing the same. Tessa Blanchard, as we already last week wanted to get more into this week but um you know she's being groomed as the idea that she's going to break through that glass ceiling and be their actual world champion similar to uh kimberly did um uh abby lath when she was in wwe uh she was chikara's grand champion for a minute there um you know e even new japan pro wrestling who has never showcased my in my knowledge, never showcased women's wrestling on any of their programs. They officially just bought stardom, uh, which is the women's promotion in Japan uh, to, to kind of congregate into their fold as well, too. It's, it's really sad to see ring of honor essentially disrespecting their women talent. I mean, obviously there's always two sides to every story, but I mean, what are your thoughts? I, um, yeah, um, <laughs> this whole Speechless. thing is very, 
yeah, it it it's it's a difficult situation because, I mean, I, I get, I I get from you know like that perspective, like like if you're a Ring of Honor, you know, person, and you're saying you know you're just telling the person ahead of time, hey, look, you're not going to be whatever. I mean, is there really going to be a good time or like? Did, did you? I mean, the, the Ring of Honor did give her months of advanced notice like hey we're not going to be renewing your contract you know you know whatever now in terms of the base pay yeah i mean uh, that means that i make more than a women's champion in ring of honor like that's insane like and, and i definitely do not put my body online or travel or do all of the insane things that you know she has to do in order to you know do her job um, and obviously she did it at a high enough level to be champion. I will say in terms of work, Kelly Klein is not my most favorite woman's wrestler. Um, and I, I don't think that she's top tier talent. I don't think that she's, I mean, but she's definitely worth 30,000 or more a year, mm-hmm. you know, um, she does. She could much. get signed to the, you know, to a performance center contract in WWE and could, you know, make her craft better for more than $20,000 a year. Um, but I mean, but with that too, this, you know, being, I mean, there's, there's talks that Kelly Klein had made some comments to ring of honor about, you know, how they're not taking care of the wrestler's safety and, you know, those sorts of things, which is another kind of wrinkle in the story as to why maybe she was let go. Um, Mm. that it wasn't just, you know, her work ethic or whatever the case may be. Um, there's a lot that we don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that you have somebody who is a talent that, you know, ring of honor fans will know that could potentially transition into like, into, into, um, like AEW or impact or some other place and be able to be, you know, I I think, I think right now the AEW women's division would, it would be benefited by her. Um, just another body that, you know, knows how to wrestle that, you know, I mean, I think that would be another good addition. And obviously AEW is putting out contracts that are supposedly fairly lucrative, you know, so mm-hmm. I mean, she at least would be taken care of there. Um, but I mean, it, it does, just doesn't bode well for like Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor for years has been kind of like this, like unspoken proving ground for independent talent. And, you know, and it's, it is a smaller organization. So, I mean, obviously they're not going to pay out like, you know, WWE or even AEW at this point, because they just don't have the backing to do so. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, I can see Ring of Honor side, but this does seem, you know, a little sticky situation altogether. Yeah. And the the craziest thing is like one of the craziest things maybe to me is that, you know, her, her husband, as I told, as I mentioned, was the one took to social media to like air his grievance about the fact that um, she had been quote unquote terminated. Her husband is BJ Whitmer, which if, if, if memory serves, uh, I mean, BJ Whitmer has been a staple of ring of honor for years. Yes. Like, so, I mean, yeah, like regardless of how everything gone down, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you forgiving his 
career to to this company to make sure it succeeds when everyone else is all on CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Nigel McGuinness. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy that they would treat his wife in this way. I mean, obviously, like yeah. I said, there's always two sides to every story, but it, it's 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 crazy. It, like at, in this day and age of the wrestling, the wrestling world that is in this current boom, uh, especially yeah. around women. So I don't know. Anyways, um, so that's kind of our show today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, don't forget to uh, if follow, uh, like, share, uh, five star rate, what, whatever your podcast program is that you're listening to this. Uh, you know, one, you know, world of words on, uh, we definitely appreciate you listening to us and taking the time to do so. Uh, Jansen, do you have anything that you want to talk about or add at the end here? Uh, nope. That's, we pretty much talked about it all. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, like I said, I'll post the uh, predictions up on the Facebook page there. So you guys can see them in writing too. Um, Give us a listen uh, next week. We'll be covering probably some of the fallout from this weekend. Uh, talking about you know Turkey Day that just happened at that point. All that kind of stuff. So uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Have a good holiday. And if you are going shopping on Black Friday, uh, let's make sure to, uh, to be kind to the retail people that are giving up their time with their family to be able to take care of you as you are doing your shopping. Have a great night, everyone.